Hello everyone and welcome back to the Couple's Guide to Stranger Things podcast. I'm Sean. And I am a former shell of myself. <laughs> this former shell of himself is called Tom. And we are just a couple of super fans who met through our love of Stranger Things. As you might be able to tell, we've just watched the last episode of season one. <laughs> Chapter eight. The Upside Down. Are these tears in my eyes or are they tears of tiredness? No one will know because you can't see me. (laughs) The answer to that question is yes. Shall we dive into this final chapter of season one? Nobody dives into anything in this episode. Well, technically the Upside Down. Okay. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) So... I've completely forgotten what I wanted to say. <laughs> Let's try that again, shall we? I don't know if I can. I like I had it in my head exactly what I wanted to say. You said, right, like, let's go. And I was like, yes. And I was like, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> the baby brain fog is very, very real, people. Our daughter is already attacking you. She is. Oh, I remember what I wanted to say. Aha! <laughs> she has helped. That I love that, obviously, this is chapter eight, the Upside Down, that we've just rewatched. But this is our chapter 11 of our podcast. That's very true, it is. So it's a very special episode for us. Yes. And we didn't plan it. No, no, we, we dis- didn't. We discovered this as we were recording the last episode. Yeah. Which I let release today. This is Thursday, by the way. This is Thursday. We're being organised, people, because we don't know when this baby's going to come. Yeah. So we want to keep you, you know, scheduled episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and scheduling them correctly from now on, please. Yeah, I got up this morning with Harry and... Um, just before seven and I had the email saying your podcast has your scheduled podcast has aired I was like what it's Thursday (laughs) if anyone's watched Bluey just uh, picture Bluey peeking past him and going what What? (laughs) and literally I, I quickly went on to our podcast host RSS and I was like, oh, can I quickly change the scheduling? And it said that a couple of people had already downloaded it. So I was like, nah, leave it. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. These things happen. So I just did a post about it instead. <laughs> I called it scheduling error. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it is. I picked the wrong date. <laughs> the thing is, we're so unorganised that I usually do schedule these yeah. on the Thursday. Yeah. So I naturally just picked the next day and then just went to sleep. Yeah, but like I said, not to try and confuse people with days of the week and all that kind of stuff, but we are trying to do them a bit ahead of time now so that you are all well prepared when the baby comes. Well, more so that we're well prepared. That's a very good point. <laughs> but you need to be well prepared as well because if we think my baby brain is bad now... Oh, oh Lord. Oh, dear. How bad's it going to be then when I'm on, like, two hours sleep? Yeah. I'll be like making up episodes. I'll be like, yeah, but do you remember when like Jonathan and Mike and Will went to McDonald's and and then they saw Vecna there drinking a milkshake and oh, they didn't know what to do. <laughs> so the behind the scenes are mixing in, are they? Yeah. Because for good. me, <laughs> for me, sometimes I 
struggle with fan fiction mixing in to the actual <laughs> canon in my head. I'm pretty confident though there's not a fan fiction about Vecna having a milkshake in Mackey's and uh, Will and Mike and Jonathan walking in. That sounds like the beginning of a joke. Someone out there is about to write that just because you said it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's not me, people. I'm, I don't think I could either. No. So. <laughs> but where can I picture Vecna in my head with like a milkshake? I think it's because I feel like there is a picture somewhere there of is. him having That's a why I mentioned the behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. it's, in the, um, it's in the snowball. That's when it. He, yeah, um, yeah, he sat on the benches just with his uh, milkshake before he starts well, destroying then, the place. At least there's a bit of realism still going on in my yeah, head. Yeah, that's it. At least for you, it's behind the scenes of actual footage. The context rather than, is there. <laughs> rather than where I, like I say, end up thinking, oh yeah, remember when that... Wait a minute, no, that was a fake. That didn't happen. <laughs> Not canon. Oh. Although some things I would say are more canon than maybe... Oh, season three. Season three. <clears throat> or season four. Some things in season four I'm not happy with. <sighs> but we'll get to that when we get to that, I We suppose. love you, Duffers. We love we you. Do. But we do. But my God. Some <laughs> things. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Down the line. I mean, we always say the defence. When we have these moments and we're like, no, I'm sorry, that's not canon. And yes, the Duffer brothers, you know, they own it, they write it, but they did forget Will's exactly. birthday, and I'm not going to let them live that down. That's it. It's like, if they can forget Will's birthday... What else can in, they forget? In season three, they can forget all the character development. Like, yeah. the, the, the two biggies that I always mention is right at the end of season two, Mike and Hopper, after he's gone and punched him and done absolutely zero hit points of damage yes he's just exhausted and just falls into Hopper's arms and Hopper's hugging him out and you can see in Hopper's face he regrets to an extent what he's done to this boy I'm sorry kid he's repeating I'm sorry yeah Yeah. so he clearly realises what he's done to Mike they got to a point you know yeah he realises what he's done to Mike and he realises maybe that was a bit of a mistake yeah. You know, yes, he wanted to keep Elle safe, but this is Mike. Yeah. I well and truly stand by my opinion that there has to have been some way mm. he could have let Mike in on yeah. the fact that Elle was there. Because I think Mike proved time and time again how incredibly trustworthy he was in exactly. regards to Elle. Yeah, exactly. He literally went above and beyond to make sure she was safe. And I know what you're saying. All of that character development seemed to have just it's, disappeared in season it's three. It's gone. And I get, for the people who like season three, I understand there's a six-month gap. Yeah. and That's a lot of kissing. Uh, it, that, thank <laughs> you. That That's exactly what I was going to get at. Right as the right as season three starts, they are literally kissing the lips off each other. So that really much implies that that's all they've been doing for the six months. So yeah, yeah I think I'd go insane if yeah. I was Hopper. Yeah, because you are going to have a daughter soon. <laughs> I am. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I am. Um, anyway, you watch now, people. Skip forward so many episodes to when our daughter's born, and Tom's going to be like, "I take it all back. I now understand." I've joined the club. I now know that one day the door will be open three inches. <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. I get Hopper on that perspective. I'm not saying he needs to let them have the door closed, let them go wild. No, of course not. But 
the, the bit that really infuriates me is after the whole grandma scene, which is hilarious. Don't oh delete my God. that. That's hilarity. The grandma scene is brilliant. But just at the end, when the next morning, I guess it is, isn't it? When Elle's looking out the porch, wondering where Mike is, and then she's clearly upset yes. the fact that she he's not arrived. And then he's off to work and he's partying in the car because he's upset his daughter. Yeah, yeah. And he goes and celebrates. He wants to celebrate he's with Joyce. celebrating. Even though he doesn't give Joyce the context. Yeah, this is it. I get he's happy that Mike is gone for a bit. That, that I understand. But you love your kids. You're not going to be partying over the fact that you've just upset them. No, no. But I realise, for anyone listening right now, you're going to be thinking that you're listening to a rewatch of season three or season two. That's exactly what I was just about to say. Listen, we go nuts as soon as we start talking about anything. Yeah. Tangents, they happen. Yeah. And especially because this is now the last episode of season one, this is going to be an eight-hour episode. (laughs) Yeah. We are both feeling, I think, a bit hyper um, because obviously we have just seen the episode, but also because we have a little sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're running on fumes. We've just watched the last episode. And we've had some chocolate. <laughs> we want to get into season two, even though it's just pure malevolent angst. Yeah. But it's done so beautifully. Oh, it is. It really oh, is. It's an amazing season, season two, and I can't wait for us to start that. But it is. before we do, let's get in our time machine that Mr. Clark has helped us build. And let's go back to chapter eight, the upside down. And this okay, episode, fine. <laughs> this episode starts with Joyce in the interrogation room, and I know it's like a, a broken record at this point of me saying picking up on things that we hadn't really noticed before because it we're not binge watching. Yeah. Um, I hadn't really listened to Branagh saying to Joyce in this scene that six people had been taken that week. Um, And I was thinking, oh, why hasn't Hopper been approached about those people? Or, you know, has has he really checked out of the, um, the police station so much that week? so involved in not just finding Will but who this girl is you know obviously yeah he's so out of the loop of the normal police work that it's really like his deputies that are dealing with those because I know that obviously it is mentioned that two I think teenage boys or potentially just young male adults hunters go missing yeah and that is mentioned in a in the one before and obviously we've got Barb who's missing we've got Will um, but that still gives us like two more people. And so, you're wondering if they are HNL staff. Yeah, because obviously, right at the beginning of the season, we see the scientist in the lab be either killed or taken to the upside down to be killed. We don't really know. Oh, in the elevator, right? At the yeah, start. yeah. Because yeah. he could be taken to the upside down and killed he there. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> the other one is the um, Hawkins lab worker who goes through the gates and uh, he doesn't come back. Well, except for a little stump of blood (laughs) awkward (laughs) comes back so yeah that could be the other two that could have been reported missing you know by a family member or anything yeah because they probably don't say where they work it's probably like you know mi5 or 
like area 51 kind of yeah, stuff exactly. you don't say where you work where yeah your family's gonna know surely you're in that line of work but you can't say what you're doing or where yeah. you're doing it but not always do they like some people are, are incredibly like 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 spies almost you know yeah, like even suppose, their family yeah, don't they know. make up a fake job that they go to yeah like because yeah. it's so top secret that and I mean, it can't be trusted with anyone. And I mean, surely, yeah, a place experimented on kids probably needs to be that kind of level. And another dimension. Well, not by their intention, I don't think, but now they are. Although, um, Fair Shadow would say differently about Brenner, that he's always known about this dimension because of his father, so... Uh, yeah. Sorry, people, I should yeah, have said yeah, spoiler, yeah. but I suppose it's not the biggest no. shock of the night. No, exactly. <laughs> obviously, they don't call it the Upside Down there, and yeah. obviously, you know, the party makes that name up, but yes, yeah. either way, yeah, they're... Another dimension, definitely. Yeah. But um, obviously, so Bren is there doing the kind of same tricks he was trying to pull on Karen and, and successfully on Ted, mm-hmm. but it does not work at all for Joyce, does it? No. Go to hell. Yeah, I... Oh... I mean, we love Joyce, but there's no fear in that woman when it comes to idiots like Brenner. Mm-hmm. Like, she can see right through him. She's had a fair share of crappy men. Yeah. You know, she's had Absolutely. to deal with Lonnie. Yeah. Had to deal with God knows how many other men. Yeah. And now this Brenner comes along acting mm. as if he's the hero in yeah. this world. And I get his mindset that he wants to protect America that's what this is all about yeah is building a defence for the country but he's although I'm sure he has his selfish reasons I'm sure 100% 100% yes that's it I'm sure the well then again yeah he he wants to know what this other dimension is as well because Mm. of things that happen in the first shadow yeah you know I get that much but yeah I truly believe he has that sort of defence for the country mindset yeah. as well. You know, that there's a reason he's getting her to watch the Russians. Yeah, that's true. So He's still that, ticking but... boxes when it comes to, like, the government and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. But his methods are very much sick and twisted. Yeah. And he's nothing but a manipulative... <laughs> <laughs> a manipulative. That's the word, thank you. I'll put my teeth back in. Uh, manipulative scumbag. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just... Oh, the, the thing with Brenner is, like, I'm sure the government probably don't know exactly what he's up to, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, they've given him the assignments they probably know that they're funding it but they probably don't know his methods you know they haven't cared to really go into the detail yeah about about what he's doing yeah and again we're kind of flashing forward to season four here but the other military that breaks into the nina project Mm. afterwards i don't remember how they found out um about it all because they you know they're trying to kill Elle that helicopter yeah. sniper so they clearly know about her but how? I know there's there's a lot to answer for isn't there and and to be honest and we'll be honest about this we have only watched season four 
twice, we believe. So far, I've been pretty sure, yeah. So, And that was m- only really because we were like, oh, we want to re-watch all of it. And then we just didn't get round to it because life is busy. Exactly. Um, And obviously this is our opportunity to do it now. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that answer t- t- might be in season four. I can't remember. Potentially, uh, yeah, I, can't remember. I honestly can't remember but, if it's um, in season four or if it's going to have to be revealed yeah, in five. I think, obviously, after season one, Brenner, I suppose, gets disgraced from the government, if you know what I mean. Probably. Like, they start to understand what he's truly doing, what he's doing on the side, you know, and they don't want that affiliation with him yeah, in particular. I would hope so. Obviously, like, Sam Owens takes over the lab, so they move on to, like, a different staff member. Yeah. But a lot of the work Brenner is in because yeah. of all this, because obviously we know he comes back season yeah, four working with uh, Sam. Yeah, yeah. So where's he been in the interim? Has he always been behind the scenes? Exactly, and obviously from the scene with Joyce, like Joyce is not giving up anything to Brenner, and that says a lot, you know, when you think about the fact that her son is still missing, and he has said hurry, you know, on yeah. that radio, and. Yeah, it says a lot that she still is not not wanting at all to cooperate with Brenner because she doesn't trust him at all. No. Um, She's got the brains. Yeah. And then obviously Hopper, on the other side of the coin, he does not trust Brenner. Of course he doesn't. But he does give up Elle's location. And personally, I think that's a case of him thinking that there is a chance for Elle. Yeah. She has powers. Yeah. Uh, Will does not have powers. He has zero protection whatsoever. And he is on the brink of death. Quite well, literally. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I think he kind of puts his sheriff hat on, kind of thing, his chief hat on. And he's like, Will is the immediate emergency. Yeah. I think it's truly a compromise. Mm. And I mean, you can see in his face he hates the fact yeah. that he's saying anything in terms of their location. Yeah, and obviously he says, you know, I need your word that the boys are going to be protected. Obviously, their word is nothing. No. I mean, my God, once they get there, Connie is ready to shoot them all. Yeah, she doesn't flinch, does she, to do it? But we we did notice that it seems that the boys are hiding in the middle school by the look of the fact that they know where the chocolate pudding is and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. They're hiding in the middle school and the lab goes straight for the high school. So I do like to think that Hopper has said they're in the high school yeah. to try and give them a small chance to get away. Yeah. Because he doesn't know, to be fair to him, they've already started to enter towards the gate when Brenner and and literally the entire lab leave to go get her. Like, yeah. I don't think he even could have comprehended the scale of the amount of people that were going for her. Exactly, and that's where your point of, oh, Elle can surely defend herself, stands for itself. Yeah. Because, yeah, if it was, for example, just Brenner and maybe a car full yeah, and that, of people... Yeah, and for all we know, that's all Hopper was expecting. Exactly, for all that's we know. it, exactly. And if that's all that went, yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have no problem breaking a few necks. Yeah, because Hopper doesn't know what happened at Benny's. He doesn't yeah. know what happened at the Wheeler House. You know, he, he doesn't see it with his own eyes. And when it was at Benny's, there probably was only maybe like one or two cars. You know, with the amount of people that came in, she yeah. could handle that amount of people. 
well, so yeah, he's probably it. thinking so, it's going to be that amount of people like five or so people that are going to come for her exactly and she, you know we've seen she can pop the brains of that many people yeah. at one go yes it knocked her out yeah but yeah and and to be fair to Hopper as well as far as he is aware at this moment Nancy and Jonathan who Jonathan has a car are still with them yes so that's it they could have bolted in that car yeah so he's probably thinking right they're going to see them potentially five six people go into the high school they're going to get away in Jonathan's car you know yeah they've made their escape because that's it when I originally watched this um, and before we started watching it one by one I was always a bit annoyed by Hopper Oh, me Just because he could have set a completely fake location. Yeah, yeah. Surely. And then, the the thing is then, if they didn't find where they were, that should surely work. Yeah. I suppose his mindset might be thinking, well, if I lie to them and they find that out, they're going to do what they can to just lock us in the upside down and we're yeah. screwed. Maybe. And I suppose as well, like, the the difficulty with giving a fake location is say he says somewhere potentially public like for instance like the library like where Will ends up being in the Upside Down yeah like that could put people in danger it could like if if they all come storming in and then say for instance the librarian um who he's well acquainted with (laughs) (laughs) um you know it's like what on earth like they could have killed her just because just because she's, she's seen, there, she's there, and she's seen. Because ironically, all these people I was in. yeah. Because I was, I was just going about Jesus. I was just <laughs> about to say that surely, if it was a public place, they couldn't go charging in because they're kind of outing themselves. Yeah. So, but then yeah, with the time of night it is, where is a public place going to be that's absolutely occupied like that? Yeah. So, and I suppose like. You know, Hopper could have said, oh, they're at the buyer's house or they're at my um, house. But they wouldn't believe that for a second. They First of all, probably wouldn't believe it. But second of all, it would take them two seconds to see that that's a lie. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. So, yeah, at this point, I think I'm on board with your theory that he's thinking, I'll tell them the wrong school. Yeah. But then it's close enough that they'll see them coming. Yeah. They'll be able to bolt it with Jonathan and Nancy. I think, And yes, it'll probably result in a car chase, but at least they're getting a bit of time to bolt. I don't think for a second that Hopper thought the plan was foolproof or anything like that. No. I think he knows it's a risk, but unfortunately, because Will's life is literally on the line... It's a risk he's having to take. Yeah, and like I say, you can see in his face and the way he's yeah he's not comfortable at all with it. Exactly, and that's it. You know, he's lost his own daughter. Yeah, and now he's doing his best to save Will because mm. of that, but then he's having to give up another girl to yeah. them. You know, he hates it. And I do think, obviously, I'm skipping ahead here, and we'll talk about it later, but. I think his remorse over giving Elle up does come into it at the end of the episode. So Yeah, yeah. But we'll we'll get to that when we get to that. Whenever so, the hell we get to that. Yeah. So obviously Joyce doesn't know what has made you know, them give them the suits and be like, Right, here's the gate. 
because you know obviously Hopper says we just need to pretend that they had nothing to do with it and yeah stuff. he is pretty much giving her the terms and conditions of them being allowed through yeah is if we make this if we make it out of here alive yeah this place doesn't exist and i suppose joyce probably doesn't question it because at this point she is finally being given the green light of you can go get your child now. Exactly. So she, of course she's not going to have anything else on her mind. No, exactly. And then once they're out, you know, that's it ended Yeah. as far as she's concerned. So she's not going to want to risk mentioning this place no. and potentially getting her entire family killed because that's exactly what these guys would do. Exactly. And I noticed, obviously, you know, when they're all suited and booted, the gate literally... There was, like, no resistance at all. It literally opens for them. They they go through it as if it's vapour. Yeah. It's And it just made me think that... Obviously, I'm thinking Vecna, but at this point, it was probably just the mind flayer in, in mind. Yeah. Um, I think it's allowing them to come in and get Will alive because I truly feel that the reason Will is alive is because... The Mind Flayer or Vecna has allowed it to be. Well, he's dead when they find them. Well, he's obviously gone into cardiac arrest, but I I do truly feel that Henry Vecna, the Mind Flayer, has allowed Will to survive this whole time because he's got more plans for him. Yeah, he wants to use him as a route into the into the right real side world. Up. Yeah. He, then, exactly, he literally uses him because he he is infested with the Upside Down yeah. with products of the Upside Down and he's literally his puppet now yeah, exactly, and honestly surely Will has to be such a huge focus of season 5 massively, because he's still got that connection, he does, that connection yeah. that was created that day in the Upside Down when that disgusting thing is down his throat and it is pumping stuff into him from yeah. then on, he is connected and he still is connected. He still is connected. There's a scene in season four that I remembered recently as well. Um, the reunion between Mike Cannell in that desert after the Nina project. Yeah. After she's taken down the helicopter and all of that. Um, as they're hugging it out, in the background, when they separate slightly, yeah. Will is there in the background. Right. Right, watching this reunion. But in the background, he is right in the middle between Mike and Elle. And they did that a lot with Will and um, Eleven in season four. And the way he's just standing there between them, I wonder if that's foreshadowing to Will being a big danger to everyone in season five because of this link. Possibly. I mean... It it scare it does scare me because Vecna slash Mindflayer, they're still very much the puppet master. They are and, and if we like it or not, Will has still got his strings. Exactly, that's it. Will is linked and I truly believe he is basically a winter soldier right now, just waiting to be awakened. Yeah. So you know, I truly believe he could just immediately become a puppet like Billy was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Will, I'm scared for you, buddy. I'm scared for him as well. I mean, honestly, I have theories about certain things, but I just don't know how this is going to end unless, like I say, there's literally some sort of time travel element. 
but we'd have to go back quite a bit and it would affect a lot of relationships including Malevin you know so it well that's it worries it. Me. it really depends on what kind of time travel theories you believe in yeah if that's the case because obviously you've got the main one really back to the future mm. where while he's back there and his mother's falling in love with him yeah. it's starting to make him vanish from the future yeah so there's that theory that if you change the past it affects your timeline yeah there's also then i guess it's kind of marvel's theory where as soon as you change something that starts its own multiverse and so it doesn't affect what's happened in your life currently it really depends on which one you want to choose because obviously well, we don't have real time travel to work off no i mean i don't really want another vecna no in it because god imagine them then joining up oh my god like so yeah i, I don't know what's gonna happen i, I really don't, don't know and that's it I it don't hurts know. my brain <laughs> yeah and that's it i don't know how or if they're gonna go on the time travel i agree there are hints towards that yeah, time is pushed a lot, especially in season four. Yeah, season four does make a—I mean, the whole grandfather clock thing. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know because obviously, if there is no time travel element, then either way they have to—they have to off Henry. Yeah. You know, he has—he has to go. Yeah. But and, one... that, and that's one thing I suppose um, is if they kill him, I do think the connection will be broken. I think so. And then, yeah, you've got then the worry of whether he or the Mind Flayer are truly in charge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if it is the Mind Flayer, then... It doesn't really matter to an extent, yeah. No, it's losing its main... It's lieutenant or whatever the... Well, be. yeah, it's losing its main superpower um, of a body, I guess. Yeah. But it surely can just latch onto someone else. And, you know, if they're there killing Henry, surely it can be like, right, hello, Eleven. Yeah. Oh, God. It makes me sick. <laughs> yeah. It makes <laughs> me very it. worried. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, duffers, uh, I've got my pitchfork ready. Honestly, season one, when we thought a Demogorgon was the worst thing possible. <laughs> How naive How we are. naive. But speaking of said Demogorgon, the next scenes are... Jonathan and Nancy cutting their hands, their palms, um, to attract the Demogorgon. I'm not even queasy, but when they slice their palm, that goes through me. Does it? It does. I oh, find that one hard to watch for some reason. Oh. I usually don't care, but I'm like, why are you cutting your palm? Surely you could just poke a little needle into the tip of your finger or something. Would that be enough blood, though? Probably, I mean... Because it doesn't... Barb attracted it with a little can cut. Oh, hers wasn't that small, though, It actually. wasn't small, but they don't have to go slicing their palm open. Well, what might, makes me kind of laugh is that, obviously, they both do that, and it hasn't come any time soon because they have enough time to bandage each other up, they have enough time to almost have a moment yeah. together, and <laughs> what makes me laugh is that it's not until Steve gets there that the Demogong's like, oh yeah, that's a lot of blood. That's to the a- point that you were wondering <laughs> if it was actually Steve's injuries that were attracting yeah. it. Yeah, the Demogong's like, mm, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> that'll do. Now there's three. Now there's three and that, that one's got a really broken face and punched up face. That, I guess, that'll do for my appetite. I guess the Demogorgon is, 
I guess the Demogorgon is a... <laughs> <laughs> Today is not my day. This is why the episode's going to get stupidly long, is I can't speak. <laughs> right. I guess the Demogorgon is a true believer of the learning two's company, three's a crowd. Yeah. So it's coming. It's like, right, Steve's there. Let's get him now. Steve's here. We can party now. Yeah. <laughs> but we noticed, didn't we, about... Obviously, it's a really simple fact, but I don't know why neither of us had really picked up on it. Steve's banging on Jonathan's door. Not yeah. Nancy's, Jonathan's. And so that if that doesn't show that he is sorry for what he said about Will, I don't know what does. Exactly. Because that's clearly what he's there to apologise for. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's knocking and he's calling Jonathan's name. Yeah. He doesn't know Nancy's there until no. she's the one who opens the door. Yeah. And yeah, it, it surprises him. Yeah. Um, but even then, he doesn't immediately go like, what are you doing here? Yeah. I think he's accepted the fact that they seem to be getting close. Yeah. Although, I do think it's a bit over the top that he's immediately thinking Jonathan's hurt her. Uh, yeah, when he sees the hand situation. Yeah. I agree. I mean, uh, yeah, he could have just... I mean, he does ask, hey, what happened to your hand? Yeah, and she's like, but you then, need to leave. Yeah, and I suppose the fact that she's trying to hide whatever's happened is yeah. a bit suspicious but yeah. yeah jumping to the fact that Jonathan would have done it Jonathan's not that kind of person no but then I suppose in Steve's defence he does then see the room he sees the bat he sees all that and then obviously Nancy's pointing a gun at him <laughs> and he's like you need to leave now and honestly uh, it, that's it. it again kind of like what I was saying in the last one about forced comedy and then comedy yeah. in these moments that are kind of written as serious like these are my favourite bits this, like where this is the comedy we want yeah where it's meant to be this really serious moment and and it is it's like action packed it is yeah but because we you know we don't know what's going to happen with the demagogue we know it's coming at this point and but we don't know how that's going to go yeah but so all that action and then you've just got these comedy moments and yeah exactly and then the lights start flickering behind yeah, them yeah yeah and that's it and obviously it it disappears and then it it comes back and steve is steve is going to bolt it and yeah, you know he's again ready to go. we see a reprieve of character again when he's literally opened his car door and he sees those lights and you know he he has seen what it looks like as well so it's not even like he's going in blind yeah so it is brave it is brave yeah, to go yeah, in it does change him i suppose now that he's seen what they're fighting yeah. seen it come back he's like I need to do something because they're going to die yeah and, and the thing is he to be fair to him as well he does go into the house without a weapon yeah yeah he does and yeah he manages to grab that bat luckily yeah, yeah. and he's good with it to be fair I know we dissed him and said Steve it's not your bat <laughs> it's not yours but you own it ironically yeah. we will accept that that you know you're the best one with it <laughs> yeah exactly I don't you know, Jonathan, we'd love you in your way, but you wouldn't be able to pack yeah. a punch on that thing. I don't Do you know think. what? Maybe that is a missing moment or scene. Like Jonathan best- or Nancy bestowing the bat onto Steve. <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't like, just stuff it in his boot while they've forgotten about yeah, it. Yeah. Being like, you know, we need you again if, if anything yeah. like this happens and, you know, <laughs> maybe there's a ceremony. Yeah, listen, Nancy's a good shot. She can handle the guns. Yeah. You, you can do the swinging. Jonathan, I don't know. 
getaway driver <laughs> yeah he can, he can be the driver yeah <laughs> so yeah no it is it's a great scene and obviously they do get the demogorgon in in the trap yeah and set it on fire and like you had said didn't you like about or what happens to the fire but yeah. then well no i was like the house is made mostly of wood yeah. how is it not going up right into flames with the demogorgon jonathan like obviously manages to get the fire out with the extinguisher um but then we do see that there's like a bit of demogorgon like meat there's, chunk or well something. there's something sizzling on that trap yeah and i think it's just a bit of blood and it made me think forward to season three yeah after l's ripped out that tiny bit of flesh flare as i yeah. call it yeah um, out of her leg the blood on the floor from her leg is also sizzling yeah and I wonder if there's a link there yeah though no, there very much could be couldn't there because I'm sure her blood is quite black as well then I, I don't think it is no I think it is red oh I'm not sure but either way it's sizzling yeah so yeah. Yeah. oh no it's not when she rips it out it's in the shop isn't it yeah, well, yeah, I can't remember why it's there, but either way. Oh no, is it even there? See, we're not great at the minute, are we? Because no, I'm we now need thinking, isn't it when they pull the bandages back in the mall and they see that her leg is not doing good? Isn't it then when it's still there's that little bit still in her? Yeah, no, that that's when Jonathan has to cut in and get it out. Yeah, but I think the blood oh, is before that. In you're the right. Shop. Yeah, it's it's. Yes, sorry. In my head, I was imagining the scene, which is in the mall, when, yeah, she's in pain with the leg and they, they look under the bandage and, yeah, they see what's going on. But, no, you're right. It's it's the blood on the floor, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, it is sizzling. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So I wonder if there is a link there. Oh. Again, spoilers to the first shadow. Yeah. And this spoiling. is a major plot point. Yeah. So seriously, if you want to go watch the show and don't want spoilers, skip a bit. Come but back in what? Ten seconds? Twenty? Make it thirty. Right, here we go. <laughs> um, so, long story short, Henry's blood, because he's got this piece of, I guess, the mind flare in him. Yeah. They use his blood to transfuse. Transfuse. Well, not. Yeah, I suppose transfuse into all the other kids. Yeah. As that they're experimenting on, including Gal, obviously. Yeah. And she I wonder. She shares his unique blood type. Yeah, exactly. As so well he's as got a completely mother's. unique blood type um, when this thing infected him, and so they've transfused that into the kids. And the, I think it's about 14 kids, is it, in season four? But they're the survivors. So yeah. they tried more, but they're the ones who survived. Um, but in any case, I wonder if, as Henry's been taking control of everything in the Upside Down, yeah. if any element of his blood is in, like, the Demogorgon and all of that now. Yeah, it's So I wonder if there's that kind of link there. Yeah. Because I'm not sure how it could be in the Demogorgons, but he's incredibly powerful, and the kind of Upside Down he sees when he first goes into it is incredibly different to the Upside Down we see. Yeah, so, it's just barren and, yeah. it, you know, they're like just I've said, it's like it's, it's more like prehistoric, isn't it? I think it's just a world left to grow on its own. Yeah. You know, there's no man-made things or anything like that. It's just an open world with beasts roaming around it. Yeah. And that's it. And obviously the Demogorgon in this episode is very much still alive, but has been 
injured, although you wouldn't think that in the later scenes. No, exactly. It clearly didn't light the flames, but later on it comes back and it's just completely unaffected. Yeah, it's unfortunately just as strong as ever. Um, So, we now come to a scene (laughs) that, oh God, it's an incredible scene. Obviously, it starts off, we're back in the middle school and, uh, you know, Nancy and Jonathan have gone and (laughs) <laughs> and I just wanted to introduce it as Dustin going, Mike, I found the chocolate pudding. You're missing a very major voice break, but yes. <laughs> I can't do the voice break, okay? <laughs> I was hoping you could at least do the, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, <Hi-yo. laughs> And yeah, it leads into Mike and Al's first kiss. Scene. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be strong to talk about this <laughs> and break up this scene. And this is where the episode grows its minutes. Yeah. Because ironically, you called the scene the first of the proper mic rambles. That's exactly how it starts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's such a wholesome, innocent scene. Yes, it is. It's beautiful. Like, yeah, I just it, it's it's beautiful, but when the scene begins, my heart kind of breaks and and aches because Mike is describing a situation to Elle that even at this point, even though we don't know how the show's going to the end, we know it's not going to happen. Exactly, that's it. He's trying to give her the confidence that you know she's going to have a normal life after yeah. all this. You know she. It's worth the effort. Yeah. To and and stay all around. of that you're right there because the message is right. Yes. And like what Mike is saying, like like you saying, like he's giving her hope and he's saying you can have a normal life. Like that message is right and I'm glad he says that to her. But we both know Karen and especially Ted are not going to adopt her no, exactly. into their that's, house. That's not happening. I mean, what does he think he's going to do? Go there and be like, hey, this is the girl I was hiding in my basement. Yeah. She saved my life. Let me count. Quarry, Van, Demogorgon. Three. Yeah. Oh, Connie and all. Four times Yeah. in this week. Literally saved my life. So give it a home. Oh, and you know all those government officials that are in our house? Yeah, this is who she's her. looking for. Oh, yeah, but don't, don't worry about them. You don't know. worry about them. They're all, you know, she's killed a load of them now. Yeah, yeah, they're dead. Don't worry. They're dead, thanks to her. She squeezed their tiny brains. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's going to go down well. And it's sad because... It is sad because you can see he truly believes this is going to happen. He truly does like, believe Like, when he it, talks yeah. about, like, the bedroom swap and he'll take the basement, he's, like, talking so practically yeah. and optimistically and, and it just breaks my heart because I'm like even if she wins against the Demogorgon at the end of this episode Mike your scenario that you want is not going to happen no it isn't and it's really sad to like watch that it is and I think <laughs> you know he's speaking in full confidence on all that and you know and then he says you know Nancy will be like your sister yeah and then and she's Holly like, as well oh, you'll be my brother and I think it clicks in his head then yeah. that even if they were willing to adopt her 
how's that gonna work yeah because literally you see the cogs in his head just turn then yeah he's like oh no 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 well yeah it doesn't even take a second for him to be like no yeah because obviously like you say he, he says you know and Nancy and Holly they'll be like your sisters and she's like and you'll be like my brother no 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 yeah no. and I think you know it doesn't take him any sort of time to be like immediately no yeah you know that's exactly what he is not thinking yeah but then I think yeah after he says no and all that I think it clicks in his head oh yeah you would be so that that would immediately friend zone me yeah well brother zone yeah brother zone me (laughs) exactly so I think then he realises ah maybe this wouldn't work yeah well either way you're either my sister or someone else has to adopt you. Yeah. And the thing is, he has to be incredibly brave now because he has to explain to her his feelings. And what a difficult task this is. Yes. Like, that's it. I call this the first of the microambles, and you can get why. Yeah. Because he's having to explain his feelings to a girl who has zero concept of relationships. And the thing is, like we've all been his age and fancied someone like we know that kind of butterfly feeling that the nervousness and I can honestly say like when I was 12 years old if I fancied someone I'd be like saying to my friend you know or can you find out if he likes me or or he'd say to my friend you know oh I like her I was never brave enough and yeah. to say it that's it yeah Mike, Mike is, is incredibly brave, brave. and he is and again like it speaks to what I said on the previous episode that he's braver at 12 years old than he is at 15 and but I said but perhaps that is because Elle at 15 years old understands things a hell of a lot more than she yeah. does in this current scene that's it because as I say it's the it's the start of the microambles because he's having to try and explain this to her you yeah, know, I mean, yeah, he has got the guts to do so, but he's having to try and figure out how to explain what a boyfriend is, what yeah. a girlfriend is. Yeah, that's it. You know, he's saying it's someone that you like, and more she's just than think, a friend. And yeah, then no, it's more than a friend. But what is more than a friend? How do you explain that to someone who's never been taught this concept? Yeah. So, in the end, that's it. He's just like right. I'm out of words here. This isn't working. I can't say it with words. I can't say it with words, so... I'm going to say it with action. I'm going to show you. Yeah. And honestly, like, from the smile, the shock, and the breathlessness of Elle, when he kisses her, she feels the same. She does. And I think, again, Uh, she may not have known until (laughs) this very moment here... But I think, yeah, she suddenly goes, whoa. Honestly, it's like, like I've, I've literally just said it, but it's like when he does kiss her and he, he pulls away and, and they have that lovely awkwardness of 12-year-olds having a kiss. Yeah. You know, because he, he, he kisses her very quickly and then hurries back. And as we know, bless him, it was Finn and Millie's first kiss. It was, yeah. As well. Bless her, in front of, like... I don't know if Finn's parents were there, but we we know Millie's dad was there because she's mentioned that a couple of times. Yeah. So bless them. But that did add to a beautiful scene because it is that innocence, it is that awkwardness. Exactly, yeah. And, and that's it. Oh. You know, Mike, when he pulls back, I think he is... 
conflicted for a moment. He's scared of what her reaction is going to be for yeah. a moment, but then her smile breaks out. Yeah, because that's it. She's only shocked for a minute, and then you just see her chest like, like just breathing yeah. sharply. It's like you say that out. butterfly or that roller coaster feeling. Yeah. Like she's, she's just been struck just, by electricity. Yeah, so that's it. She's got that lifting her stomach as if she's on a roller coaster, yeah. and so yeah, that smile breaks out. And you know, if she was disgusted by it or anything like that, she wouldn't be smiling. So that's an immediate yeah. relief for Mike. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he and can't that's help it. but smile as well. And bashfully. honestly, I was just going to say, I would call it more of like a cheeky smirk. Like, he yeah. couldn't believe he had the balls to do what he's just yeah. done, and he has zero regrets in the world. And Yeah, well, that's it. First of all, he had the guts to do it, but she's smiling after yeah. it. He's won. Yeah, like, he's trusted his gut. He went with his gut, and he just did it, and he's reaped the rewards, because she exactly, definitely feels yeah. the same way. That's it, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, the uh, lights come back. He obviously thinks it's... Jonathan and Nancy. Jonathan and Nancy, and then he's running off, and Elle's just stood there like watching him, breathing deeply. And she, yeah, she still got that smile on her face, like she can't believe what he just did. And he's, she's watching him run away, and you can see in her face, she's thinking, "You can't do that," and then just leave me here. Yeah, bless her heart. That's it. You can tell it's the most exhilarating moment of her life so far. Yeah, it's literally it's. Oh, I just... It's a beautiful scene. It is, and that's it. Yet again, she probably, before this, had no idea what a kiss is. She's probably never seen a kiss in her life. You know, even even with how bloody weird Brenner is, I doubt he's, like, kissing a forehead or anything like that. No, I don't think so. You know, I don't think there'd be any of that. So I don't think she's had any concept of what a kiss is. Yeah. But it's a human natural instinct. Yes, definitely. It? You know, she was also in the almost kiss. She was leaning, leaning in as well. Yeah. So even though she you know, didn't know what she was leaning in for. Like yeah. you say, it's like a it's like a biological reaction. You, you it's can't an help instinct. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's especially the, with someone you've got chemistry with. Exactly. So, as we well know. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. 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 You know, she knew she liked it, and I guess she knew she wanted more from that. Yeah. Honestly, it's. I'm so glad that obviously because we know what's coming up I'm so glad they did get their first kiss yes I'm so glad absolutely that it wasn't like a stolen moment kind of like the kiss in season 2 before she goes to close the gate is a stolen moment Mm. because of Hopper (laughs) that is one moment that I'm annoyed with Hopper with again I get the awkwardness of watching kids kiss and especially when it is I mean it's before it's official but your daughter but that could have been their last kiss before she died. Yeah, and they haven't seen each other. They haven't seen each other for a, practically a year. Yeah. That could have been their last moment together before she went and died. Yeah. So, my God, just just turn your back for a moment and let them and say let them their goodbyes. Yeah, yeah, let them have a moment. Because, yeah. like I say, that could be their final goodbyes. Yeah. So, God damn it, Hopper, just turn around for a moment yeah you'll find me very passionate about that when we get to that scene yeah when we get to that episode i should say um and then obviously we've had this beautiful moment and then everything goes to boop (laughs) yes everything does go to poop emoji yes (sighs) but a very satisfying moment is l 
killing those bloody soldiers and Connie. You can't skip the fact that as they're trying to run away from them, Mike and Elle are now holding hands as that they run. That is true. But I just got very excited about the fact that Connie especially finally met her maker. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, you know, the fact that they are now holding hands as they yeah, run away. I think running. at this point that kiss has given Mike the, that confidence to just not hide anything anymore from the, the other boys. Yeah. Because obviously Lucas has known from day one that he yeah. wants to marry Elle. Yeah. That's very obvious to him. And I don't... F- I mean, Dustin nearly walked in on a kiss. Yeah. So with how close they were, surely Dustin must have looked at that and been like, whoa, you two guys are close. But... That's it. And I mean, like when Lucas is saying, you know, like, oh, Elle, 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 I love her. I want to marry you and all this stuff. Dustin's just grinning like he also knows. It's yeah. not like he's like, what, what are you talking exactly. about? Exactly. So, so I think, yeah, yeah, he that, is on the same page probably. Yeah, so I think that kiss finally gives Mike the confidence to be like, well, yeah, it's a fact of life now. Just accept it. Yeah. I'm not going to hide it. She's my girlfriend now and that's that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, she smiled at the kiss. That, it's official now. Yeah, it's official. <laughs> it's official and you two just have to deal with it. Yeah, but it's just, as we say, it's so short-lived because it then is. all the soldiers and Connie arrive... But Ella's like... Oh, it's so satisfying. Yeah. It's incredibly satisfying. Like I say, Connie walks around that corner and she has her gun aimed, ready. She has no hesitation no. in her... Sh- if it weren't for Elle, these boys would be dead. Yeah, Right absolutely. there and then, they'd be dead. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. She she wouldn't... She had like almost like a smirk on her face to be going with like, ha, we've got you. Yeah, exactly. And that just shows how sick and twisted these lab staff are. Oh, this so isn't Brenna. This is now Connie. And yeah, like I say, she's got that twisted smile on her face. Like, yeah, I'm about to shoot three boys in yeah. the head. Children. I'm about to shoot three kids yeah. in the head and take away this kid that we kidnapped from birth Yeah. back to a prison. It's, I know. They deserve that death and they I'm glad do, they, they got it. They absolutely do. That's it. Yeah. Obviously, I'm sure Hopper knows at some point. I imagine it's very much come up in conversation missing moments again. Yeah. But, yeah. Elle, the people you've killed, you go, girl. Yeah, definitely. And this is it. Like, obviously, Brenner then arrives with more soldiers. Yeah. And it always stuck out to me that Mike, you know, Mike says, you know, you'll have to kill us first. Like, if you want her, you'll have to kill us first. Knowing full well that they will kill you. They will. (laughs) Connie nearly did. Yeah. And they will kill you, and they will cover it up. Yeah. So, it, so the yeah. fact that those words come out of his mouth is unbelievable. How can anyone say he doesn't love her? Oh, I know. I mean, even before the scene, I knew he loved her. Yeah. But but that, that is, is just it. such it's just, big proof, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. And yes, he dives off the cliff for Dustin as well. He's just such a selfless person. He is. He is. From day one, he is just beyond selfless yeah. and that's it so he's diving off cliffs for Dustin and then he'll yeah, take a he'll take a bullet shot. to the yeah. head if it even has a chance of saving Elle yeah it, if it lets her have a couple of seconds to run yeah yeah like it's incredible and it breaks my heart like when Brenna's like clutching her face because I just want to be like don't touch her 
Yeah. Get away from and her. That's you it. are poison. I'm just glad at this point you can see in Elle's face she's disgusted. Yeah. Because I think I worried the first time I ever watched it when she kind of says, Papa. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't call him that. You know, he's evil. And yeah. I know you're tired and you're feeling really weak right now because you've just killed all these people. But please don't give up. Yeah, don't and give up. Doesn't. Don't let him win. And yeah, and I know it. she's she... weak. She can't exactly get up and run away. Yeah. She can't, unfortunately, break his neck there and yeah. then. And I love that she like looks at the boys and she looks at Brenna and she looks him in the face and she says, bad. Yeah. And, and, uh, and what, again, Mike. what is sick and she sort of, wants Mike. Yeah, she wants Mike for him. Yeah, begging him to come and grab her. But again, another moment that just makes you see how sick and twisted Brenner is. His face drops when she calls him bad, as if yeah. he can't believe. Yes, that he is bad. He, the thing is, three season four, he never once believes he's the bad guy. No, I know. He always believes he is fully in the right. And, you yeah. know, his dying words are, just tell me you understand. It, no. 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 And I'm so glad El does not yeah. give him that satisfaction because, yeah. no, Brenner. Absolutely freaking not. So, no. yeah, the fact that his face twists in what's nearly like a sadness yeah. when his daughter it sickens me to when he yeah. says that but in any case that his air quotes daughter mm. is calling him bad I know. and that makes his stomach like nearly twist in disgust it's like how dare you I know and obviously thankfully in a way the Demogorgon chooses that moment to mm-hmm. come you know there's all that blood I'm amazed it hasn't come immediately yeah. um, but I know yeah and again I think Sorry, I'm going back to Brenner there. That's fine. I think his face turns from that sadness, that shock. I think it then turns to a bit of anger. So I think if, again, segueing into you saying, thank God the Demogorgon came ironically. Yeah. I think if it didn't, he'd probably be like, right. Shoot them. Kill them. Because she's not going to come back willingly. Yeah. And I know killing them in front of her isn't exactly going to please her. But when she realises they're gone and she's got nowhere to go, she has no other choice. Yeah, because he'd literally... He would he would kill them and then he'd take her back to the lab and then he'd be saying... They'd probably sedate her all the time and stuff and, and he'd, he'd be saying things to her like, oh, but Elle, they were evil. They, yeah. they turned you against your papa. They told you malicious lies. They poisoned you with with this information that's not true and uh, you know like he would have just done it and done it and done it and done it until he, yeah. she finally was brainwashed you yeah know? exactly that's it he would have brainwashed her into thinking he's back in the right yeah either that or and that the outside world's dangerous and you know yeah. they've got they had put her in all this danger and all this kind of stuff the boys and yeah that they had to go and yeah exactly so if anything Thank you, Demogorgon slash Henry, for choosing this yes, particular okay. moment to sniff out the blood from uh, all the lab goons. Or maybe you chose this moment because you knew Brenner was there. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Like, and you were him. like, ha we can get you now. <laughs> but as we know, like, Brenner is not killed at this moment. And I always find it so stupid of Brenner that he walks towards the Demogorgon 
with no protection, no gun, no nothing. It's stupid, but it does not surprise me with his character. He... Like he, he can't help a, himself. Kind he of can't thing. help it. He's amazed. He's like a moth drawn to a flame. He's just like, oh my god, look at this thing. The, yeah, that's amazing. If anything, like a mad scientist would say, that is beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, like you say, he just can't help it. I suppose. And the thing is, I was amazed that anyone thought he was dead at this point yeah i didn't think he was dead for a second because like we've said it's it's literally common knowledge if you don't see the person die or don't later see their body like we did with barb they ain't dead (laughs) they're not dead and i mean hell sometimes even when you do see the body they're not dead yeah will we're talking about you will um yeah exactly like and there was i remember there was an interview with the duffer brothers i think it was on um Oh, what was the show after season two? Was it Beyond Stranger Things? Yes. Yeah, they said on Beyond Stranger Things um, that it would be very unjust to the fans if Brenner was to die off screen. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. You know, Brenner is a huge character. Yeah. So to just off him there and then. Yeah. Sure, maybe if, as they thought, see, you know, they didn't know season. Sorry, they didn't know Stranger Things was going to mm. get a season two. They would have probably been like, yeah, he died there and then. Yeah. But, yeah, as soon as they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to get a season two, it's Brenner's yeah. alive, that's that. And, yeah, you'd be silly to think he died there. Absolutely. And, obviously, while he's clearly getting attacked by the Demogorgon and they've obviously shot the Demogorgon off Brenner's body, um, <laughs> we have Dustin <laughs> carrying <laughs> L. As they run to a classroom. (laughs) I love the fact that it was supposed to be Mike. Because of course it would have been Mike. Of course it would have been Mike. But poor little Finn at this point just couldn't couldn't carry her. God love Finn. But I know we said at this point, I don't even know if Finn could carry Millie now. She's backpacking. Backpacking? She's piggybacking on him. In behind the scenes moment in the pizza place in season four, is she? Yeah. Oh yeah, in a pig. Yeah, but a, a a piggyback is very different to like a bridal scoop of the arms. Yeah, kind of I suppose. And yeah, he's uh, yeah. I mean, my God, we've met Noah, and yes, that was a while ago, twenty nineteen. But he's <laughs> tiny. Yeah, he definitely wouldn't be picking anyone up, but. Yeah, I think Finn's probably the same. I've met Finn as well. Yeah, and in person, you think? Yeah, yeah, I've got his signature. Um, No, I mean, from what you've seen of him in person. He's incredible. He's tall. He's incredibly tall. Yeah. Lanky. He's incredibly petite, I would say. There, there is not much muscle on him. He's just, bless him, he is just stretched upwards. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think he could carry her bridal style like that yeah well <laughs> good good on Gaten. <laughs> he got a moment there bless him yeah um but it's it's almost sweet though that it's dustin you know yeah because it kind of gives like you know we've obviously had our moments of mike and Elle in this season and we've had our moments of lucas and Elle. you know we've had them apologise to each other and have a moment. Yeah, exactly, and that's it. And we've you... not had a Dustin and Al, no, so it is actually kind of sweet. Yeah, it is, because that's it. The only moments I can think of right off my head now of Dustin 
being directly involved with Elle is first of all getting her to fly the Millennium Falcon yeah. trying to anyway and then obviously the group hug in the quarry yeah that's that's it that comes to my mind yeah except, so, yeah like obviously the quarry scene where he's saying she's our friend yeah and she's crazy yeah yeah, um, yeah and that's it so like you say we've had Lucas apologising to her and all of that calling her a badass and all of that yeah and then obviously we've you know this is the season of Eleven, so yeah you know we've had the kiss we've had them holding hands as they're running away so okay. yeah in a way pretty, pretty good <laughs> yeah so ooh happy Eleven Eleven. happy Eleven Eleven. <laughs> um time wise that is um yeah um it's it, obviously in the Eleven world I get that they wanted it to be Mike yeah but like you say I think it worked out quite nice that it had yeah. to be Dustin the only thing I I would say though I would have loved a little scene because it would have only been seconds where we do see them you know we see them running down the corridor with Dustin carrying her I would have liked to have seen them running down the corridor and Elle's incredibly weak and Mike tries to pick her up yeah and like not even in a comedy way but like tries to pick her up and then like shakes his head panicked at like Dustin and Lucas and then Dustin scoops her up yeah they could have done that like a like a camaraderie scene of friendship and like please yeah. help me because that's like, it yes. she can't walk yeah because that's it yes it could have been a tiny bit of comedy in Mike trying to pick her up and just be like oh my god no yeah but it can be really serious as but well but it could be 100% like literally serious, she can't yeah. walk I need to well, I need help it. from my he friends is, please yeah he is panicking because he's like he's genuinely petrified at the fact that she's not waking up yeah yeah and so yeah as as they need to move I think yeah it would have 100% worked as a quick literally a two second thing of him trying to pick her up and be like I can't I can't lift her please help me help me and then Dustin's just like yeah move out the way picks her up and off they go yeah as friends are and and, because I think that would have been a moment because they are being chased by a demogorgon and soldiers at this yeah. point that would have really been a moment of you know because some people in the face of death could be like no screw you I'm off Yeah. but no they stop and Justin you know takes her weight and I think that could have been a really lovely moment it would have been a very personally I think that would have been a very important moment yeah so I think that's a very silly missed moment yeah yeah, yeah. Well, either of us have got to write this. <laughs> and then, obviously, they, they take her into the classroom and they lay her down on the table and... She immediately rolls over to Mike and grabs yeah, his hand grabs in both of hand. hers. And, again, it just... Oh, my God. I think... I'm trying to remember how I felt the first time I watched this scene. I was probably already in tears at this point. Yeah. And my heart was definitely in my throat. And... Like Mike promising to Elle that they're going to go to the snowball and she can eat as many egos as she wants when she lives at this house. And and I just was like, he's trying to give her the strength to carry on. Exactly, because that's it. She is so exhausted. Yeah. She is so drained that yeah. you could probably understand his fear that she could just let go any moment. Yeah, and... That's it, my heart was breaking when, when she says promise and he says promise. Yeah. And it was, but in that moment though, because of how important a promise is to them, I, I was really hopeful that no matter what was going to happen, 
they were getting to this snowball, you know, somehow. Yeah. This snowball was going to happen. Um, yeah, and obviously, of course, then the Demogorgon um, enters the room yeah, and breaks the door down. <laughs> yeah. And Lucas has got the wrist rocket. Honestly, the fact that they're even bothering to try with this thing. When literally, he this Demogorgon has flattened the entire army that came with Brenner, basically. Yeah. Um, But I said I would have bloody loved it if one of those rocks had got caught in the Demogorgon's throat and it suffocated. Honestly, that imagine. That epic. Imagine. All these bullets haven't done... Haven't even given it a scratch. It'd be almost burnt alive, didn't do anything. No, and then a single rock from Lucas gets lodged in its throat and it just drops dead as it suffocates. That would have been epic. I mean, Lucas, bless him, he he would have had a, quite a large head after that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, like, what comes next? It's just so heavy. It and is. I... I mean, first of all, Elle's comical timing of letting a rock hit it and then throw it back. Yeah. That's some comical timing. And that's it. You have that little tiny moment where Lucas is like, I just did that. Yeah. Oh, Lucas. And then, of course, Elle comes walking forward and her eyes are basically red. Oh, she's... This is it. She's had enough. She's furious. Yeah. She's exhausted. She is exhausted and drained, but she's just done. But her eyes are so bloodshot and obviously her nose is streaming with blood and she's just... She is not in a good way and Mike knows it. They all know it. Yeah, and that's it. Mike knows it to the point that he tries to stop her. Yeah. He... You know, obviously, he knows full well that if Elle does let go of that Demogorgon right now, it's just going to eat them all up. Yeah. No problem. But he still tries to stop her because she is the most important thing in his life. Yeah. So, you know, he runs after her, he's telling her to stop, but somehow, despite holding this thing up and being absolutely exhausted, Elle has enough capacity left to just be like, no. Yeah out of the way Mike You've seriously got to stay safe stay there yeah I, I'm ending this I'm saving your life one last time yeah stick go away yeah and that's it she is very aware she she knows how weak she is feeling yeah and she knows that this is going to take every fibre of her being and that's obviously why she turns around and says goodbye Mike yeah she knows that it's going to be the end. Yeah, and that's it. If she thinks, if she thinks it's going to kill her, yeah. In this, I can't blame her for thinking that. No. With how absolutely drained she is, so. And if you're hearing a rustling on the microphone, it's because I've um, brought down um, my book, Stranger Things, World Turned Upside Down, and. For anyone who's listening to this that joined the fandom probably season three onwards, yeah, you won't have heard probably about this book. Well, you might have, but obviously this came out after season two. So yeah, I purchased it. Well, chance. it came out, um, I got it the day it came out, apparently in September 2018. So honestly, if you do not have this book and you are a super fan, you need to buy this book. I did have a little check on Amazon and it is on there. It's like nineteen pound, which I don't know what that is in dollars, but honestly, it has got 
so much information background information about stranger things their characters all sorts of stuff um and i just wanted to read this so the duffer brothers did the foreword for this book and um it's it's story time children (laughs) (laughs) and um so this is the duffer brothers favorite season one scene and this is written in their writing um take our favorite scene from season one eleven confronts the demogorgon in mr clark's classroom you have kimberly adams costume for eleven a pink dress high socks and sneakers a look which was mimicked by countless children on halloween you have tim ives flickering lights staggered to allow for darkness and clarity You have Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein's synth score, which played the scene for emotion rather than horror. You have Jess Royal's beautifully designed classroom, where even the smallest detail has been carefully considered. You have the Demogorgon design by Aaron Sims, masterfully animated to convey a human-like fear and vulnerability. And of course, you have the performances. Millie Bobby Brown, conveying a world of feeling with just her eyes and Finn Wolfhard shedding a single tear as he watches his first love vanish into thin air and that is just a small list of the artists responsible for bringing that scene to your screen <laughs> yeah and I think that I love that section up. yeah because they hit every nail on the head you yeah. know through this entire series well, season even, it's been Millie just acting with her face. Yeah. You know, she's barely got any words. Yeah. But she, she she's just such an amazing yeah. visual actor. Yeah. And, yeah, so was Finn this season. Absolutely. 100%. And like the that, way she it. looks at him in that scene, but the way he looks at her. Yeah. He is and I mean, broken. And that tear, I was just, I remember. I mean, I can still almost sob at it now, even though I know that they make it through, you know, and yeah. that they are together. But, oh my God. But that's it. You know, he's defeated yeah. at this point. That's exactly how he feels. He is defeated. Yeah. Because, you know, he did want to try and stop her. She she wasn't even gentle about it. She was just like, out of my way. Yeah. Bugger off. Let me do this Because now. I need to protect you. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. You know, he's sat there against this cabinet and he's looking up. His hands are up for a moment and he just slumps. Yeah. His hands just drop onto his knees because he knows there's, there's no nothing. fighting. No, he knows there's nothing he can do. Yeah. He's just got to let this happen. He's got to sit and watch the love of his life disappear. Yeah, and I don't think, obviously, he, he they're not expecting it to disappear. And I don't think... I don't think Elle's expecting it to disappear either. Mm. But, as you say, I think with Elle, she's just expecting this to knock her lights out. But then, yeah, with Mike... Again, I think that's his fear, is that this is going to literally drain her. My hesitance, you see, though, is I think they... I'm going to disagree, because I think they both do think she's going to die. Because that's of the what, fact that, that she that, says yeah. goodbye and his tears. Yeah, die, yes. I think that's their worry, is that this is going to fully drain her and she's done. 
Yeah. Like I fully agree that that's what they're thinking. I don't think that she's. They're thinking she's going to disappear. I get what you're saying. Yeah. That's it. The, the disappearing. Going to go part. to another dimension. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. I think. Yeah. I think it's obvious they both think this is going to literally finish her off into yeah. draining her now. But then the fact that she, instead of just dropping on the floor dead, she vanishes into a dust cloud. Yeah. Like, I'll be completely honest, I don't understand the concept behind that. No, neither At I. all. I don't get why she vanishes away. Um, That's it, because it can't be the demagogue and pulling her in, because she is killing it. She's killing it, So yeah. it doesn't probably have any power to do that. No, exactly. And you you maybe could say it's Henry doing something now. Yeah, maybe. But there has to be some sort of external input because this looks exactly like what she does to Henry when she's eight years old Yeah. in season four. So she's done this before. She's sent him, unknowingly of course, but she's sent him to the Upside Down so why does now killing the demogorgon take her with it i have no idea i mean obviously again we can give the duffers the license of it's season, season four one. and season one being so like different yeah i could only assume from a season one point of view that maybe they were thinking a lot of Elle's actions are like literal so she's thinking as she's killing him i'm going to send you back from where you came from and that literal action pulls her to where it's come from. You know, I'm I'm not convinced. I agree with yeah. you. It's one of those where why did it have to pull her there? Why did yeah, she? I why did it not just die and she collapsed? Exactly. Yeah. I, it tearing into a dust cloud. I get that. She's ripping it apart. Yeah. Atom by atom. I get that bit. But yeah, it all the uh that dust cloud from it surrounding her and then taking yeah. it away as I say the only explanation that works now is Henry being like oh yeah you're killing it well I'm going to pull you through as well yeah but but he doesn't get anywhere near her it's like he's not even aware she's there you know um, because she gets out of the upside down relatively yeah. easy <laughs> yeah exactly so that's again I don't think there's any logical explanation no. to it. I think Ironically, the only logical explanation would be if we were to speak to the Duffer brothers, they'd, they'd look at us, probably laugh or smirk and go, well, that wouldn't have been as good an ending, would it, season one, if she's just on the floor? <laughs> well, this is You'll it. You'll know think... if she's alive or dead then. Yeah. Be like, I, well, suppose, I, I do I wonder. Suppose. I do wonder where they were planning on L dying here yeah and truly sacrificing herself to save these boys and the mm. rest of the world i do wonder if originally they maybe did plan for her to just drop on the floor and that be it possibly i mean again going back to stranger things worlds turned upside down like it's common knowledge that without reading that book it's common knowledge that you know the duffers were gonna have her sacrifice itself yeah so you could and they mention it in the book and they say but as the series is going on they just see how phenomenal millie is and they realize how integral 11 is to the story and that there can't be a stranger things without 11 absolutely and it it could be yeah that originally it was planned that she was just going to be on the floor you know that's it i 
on one hand, I wonder if that was the plan, but then I don't know if they'd ever want to show that anyway. Mm. So obviously we have Will dead for a moment, but then he comes back to life. Yeah, do you know what? I think you're right. That would be quite traumatising. Yeah. I to mean, see like a 12 year old girl just yeah dead on yeah yeah you know, not that's, good yeah so I don't think they'd probably want to show that yeah it's probably and, uh, like artistic license isn't it she disappears because then it's like did she die did she not and if she did die we, we haven't had to see yeah yeah so I think yeah it's just an artistic choice yeah. rather than there being any logic to it at this point yeah yeah I, and I, I actually uh, agree with that because yeah I don't think it would have been well, it's been incredibly traumatising to everyone, mostly Mike. Yeah, and I mean, I know in season four, they've got all the uh, other kids very yeah. much dead. It's it's all going on in season four. Well, even season three, when you think about what happens in season three. Yeah, there's a couple of kids that become part of the My uh, yeah. Flash Flare. Yeah, yeah. so, so it, it does they're not scared gruesome. to do that later on, turn, but yeah. I think, yeah, it's become more gruesome as they've grown up. And I mean, again, I'm, I'm skipping forward here, but like... Will, um, I was going to say the possession of Will from the Mind Flayer, but obviously it's already a, a part of him, is in him. But, like, that scene is incredibly uncomfortable and horrible when it's, you know, completely... When he's on the pitch and yeah, it's yeah, yeah, engulfing him. About, yeah. yeah, that's that's not a very comfortable watch. No. Um, so, yeah. But that's so, it. I think, yeah, as, as the kids grow up, the show grows up. Yeah. Is how I would describe it. It's... God knows what to suspect from season five then. Honestly. Yeah. I know a lot of people like, uh, compare Stranger Things and it. (laughs) But... I roll my eyes now because Tom compares it to it like a million times. No, everyone does. I don't. (laughs) Well, back in the day they did. From what I saw anyway, everyone was comparing the two. But what I'm getting at is... I worry <laughs> for season yeah. five. Very yeah. much so. Well, oh, God knows how long we'll have to wait. Obviously, next year makes sense in my yeah, mind. Yeah, I know that's it. There's no official word, but a lot of, well, many sources are claiming that it's official. It's like it's not official until they say yeah. the words themselves. So stop calling it official. But to, to be honest, I, I, think next year I actually honestly think I'd be a bit worried if it was due to come out this year because yes. they are still very much filming. This is the final season and I want it to be perfect. Yeah. And I would be actually quite worried. Say, even if they were like, oh, it's going to be December, I'd be like, I don't think that is enough time for the special effects for the editing for, I know, for yeah. it to be and made perfect that's it and I know with season 4 they said oh yeah we're going to go back and improve them and then you know the next time you watch it again they'll be improved that's not it we want it to be perfect the first time we watch because yeah. then it's not the same if we have to go back to see your new and improved effects after you've replaced it and re-uploaded it onto Netflix it, that, that's just not how it works we no. want it to be perfect straight away yeah especially with this being the final yeah exactly season. so that's it yes like I say if I could snap my fingers right now and it be on our TV I would do it <laughs> but we want it to be perfect so if that does take you until mid next year yeah my god just don't rush it yeah yeah we want it everyone wants it but we've come this far don't ruin it yeah 
I agree completely and that's it like I love the hype as you get into a new season as well so I don't yeah. I don't really want it rushed especially because this will be our last kind of experience of it so yeah that's it the fandom's becoming alive again you know yeah. the fan this fandom beca- comes alive as they're filming and as things are being released and all that the show releases there's a bit of fandom life after it releases because everyone's screaming about the new season yeah and then it just dies for a bit yeah until the rise of a new season obviously there's not going to be a new season after this no and yeah we're gonna get other things you know it's become a franchise yes that it has become a franchise so it's it's getting spin-offs apparently and all that so there will be that yeah but the main show as we know it is done and dusted so yeah as much as we want it to come out let us soak in this yeah. excitement of their filming and that's it I don't oh. want it rushed as well on a personal level because this is how we met and it means so much to us Yeah, and not even just like how we met but like it saved us both in many ways it did like we were both in places in our lives that we were not happy with yeah and it became like a therapy the show but also fan fiction and and the fandom and making friends through the fandom like we we both have yeah and as well as finding each other so I don't want to rush that you know no exactly that's it that means so much to us exactly that's it like we say if we could let this show just last forever we so would, but obviously, you know, I'm not dissing The Walking Dead, but we don't want it to become a Walking Dead. I was just going to say, I'd only want it to keep going if it was really good. Because, exactly, yeah, and that's it, a lot of people... You do not want to see that happen to your favourite show. Exactly, and that's it, a lot of people with The Walking Dead, it picks up, but there are some seasons midway where you're just like, oh, come on. Yeah, I don't even on. want to watch just... right now, yeah. Yeah, you're just dragging it. You're milking it at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So we don't want them to milk Stranger Things. But if there are stories to be told in these spin-offs, then happy days. And the thing is, like we say, there's so many missing moments. I would love if there was some way that they could fill them in. And I've always thought animation is a good way to do that. Yeah. So... You know, they've done little bits here and there with spin-offs. You know, there's a Stranger Things 3 game. That, yeah. I mean, to be, I don't know if that's purchasable anymore. I think they lost the license to that. Yeah. So I don't, if you own it, you can play it, but I don't think you can buy that anymore. No. But there was that. And then, do you remember the... Oh, no, you haven't played the Walking Dead video game, have you? We've played Life is Strange. But the Walking Dead video game, Telltale Games, the developer, they were making a Stranger Things game. Yeah. And it was based on season two visuals wise, but Telltale fell under, so they couldn't complete it in the end. Well, and Stranger Things TV have posted today about a VR game. Yeah, they? yeah. So this VR, you are. can be Vecna and all sorts. Yeah, that would creep me out. Did you out. flip through the rest of the clips on that? Not all of them, no. The last one, they're in Castle Byers. I don't know oh. who we're supposed to be, but Mike's talking to us. Oh. So it's not just Vecna and the Upside Down and all of that. And so that's very much why I commented on there being like, does anyone mind me stealing their headset? 
<laughs> because I'm like, okay, well, this has more than just Vecna. Now I need... Now we need it, yeah. Yeah, I need mm-hmm. to find some money and get myself yeah. a VR headset. And I think this room would be big enough for it to work. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. If, if anyone's rich out there and they want to donate to, what should we call it, the the fund of <laughs> Shard and Tom. Well, I, 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 put it this way. I don't want to toot a horn or anything. But if you're listening to us now, we've clearly managed to keep you on board <laughs> so we're enjoying something so clearly hopefully you want more so if you get us a headset <laughs> get, or just, give us a you headset know, if you didn't donate then you get more content so <laughs> what kind of content would they be having we'd be doing like a live gameplay well, or something yeah we can we can span to YouTube oh god I mean we had that theory anyway we were going to record us for video footage recording these but then this isn't the setup for that this ain't the setup people but yeah do it go on wink wink nudge nudge <laughs> please sorry people we, we you know we are getting beggy here <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm no. sorry I've always been interested in VR <laughs> I know I know but we've still got actually a couple more scenes of this episode to discuss. Yeah, so back to the topic on point at one hour and 28 minutes. Yeah. Well, we said it was going to be long and do you know what? I almost felt like, oh God, people are going to hate that. And and some people might, but like you raised a good point. This is a podcast, so you pause whenever you need to pause people. Exactly, that's we, it. We can't be offended because we won't know. No, exactly, <laughs> that's it. This, it's not like you're listening to us on a radio live right now. Yeah. So it just It takes pause. however long it takes to listen to this episode. Exactly, that's it. I've, you know, I, I've been in podcasts for Stranger Things and just, yeah, pause. Yeah. Yes, it takes you up the loop for a moment, but I don't know, rewind a couple of seconds and you'll soon be back up to speed. Or grab yourself a cup of tea or a coffee (laughs) and just listen to the whole thing. Yeah, if you You wish. You go for it. And I mean, obviously, if you've got a two-hour car ride and you're on your own, then let us keep you company. Yeah. Unless we're, like, boring and, like, make you fall asleep. Don't do that then. (laughs) We're not responsible if you fall asleep behind a wheel. That's just your responsibility. Yeah, disclaimer, we are not responsible people. So... Ironically, the next scene is about the hospital. <laughs> so it's ah. Will in the hospital. <laughs> and, you Hopefully know... Hopefully not after falling asleep behind the wheel. No. And I, I'm, I've got to say, like, the scene with Will, Joyce and Jonathan is really, like... Oh, it's emotional. Like, it you know, I truly felt that emotion. Like, Jonathan, I think especially it's like really really good in this scene like he yeah. is like absolutely his face is like soaked in tears yeah and he's yeah, like almost think... like shaking and then and then like Will is saying about like are you hurt and he's yeah. like what you're worried about me <laughs> you've just been locked in a god knows where for a week yeah you were dead for a moment yeah and you're worried about my hand yeah (laughs) yeah Um, it just goes to show what kind of person will is yeah as well um but ironically i know we were saying the casting were fantastic Mm. but i fought it again watching this Mm. with jonathan there covered in tears over his brother and all of that now, as it was flicking between Noah 
and Charlie. Yeah. I was just like, the casting team for this show hit every nail on the head. Yeah. Because when you look at these two, you're like, yeah, they could be brothers. I think more so with Joyce and 100%. Will. 100%. Well, jo- yeah. Noah and Winona. My God, he really could be her son in real yes, life. Yes, 100%. I've always thought that as yeah. well. But yeah. But yeah, I do I do agree to, to an extent. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's And yeah, like you say, obviously everyone's been fantastic through this entire season. But Jonathan or Charlie gets to show his emotive acting yeah. at this point. We haven't... We've seen him get a bit emotional, you know, like... In his room. Shouting. Yeah. Well, yeah, in his room. I The moment I thought of for emotion was shouting at his mother. Yeah. Saying, well, while you're off talking to the lights, we're going to arrange a funeral and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's the, one of the emotive scenes. Yeah. But then I think this, again, just stands out because it's that relief that his yeah. brother is alive. That's it. And except for him listening to the music in his room and crying... I would say this is truly the first moment that we, we really see him properly vulnerable. Yeah. And just letting it all out. Exactly, Like, yeah. he has tried to stay strong this whole time. He's been focused. Yeah, that's it. He's also felt a need to be strong for his mother. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. Now that Will is here and safe, like you say, he can just let it go. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. it so that, like, moment between the three of them is, is really wonderful. And then, of course, obviously... You've got Mike, Dustin and Lucas being allowed in to see Will. And that's really wholesome as well because you can see they're battling with their emotions, especially Mike. Um, yeah, Mike is literally you know, sat he's while so the other two. happy and excited to see Will. Like, they can't believe they've done it, that Elle's done it, you know, that it's happened. Yeah. But then, you know, he says, but he says about Elle and he says, you know, but... But she's gone now. Well, that's you know. it, yeah. In the corridor before they pull him through, obviously the other two are just fast asleep on each other. Yeah. But Mike's just there staring into the distance. Yeah. And maybe every now and then he's thinking about Will, but you can tell he is pretty much mostly just thinking about Elle. He's got a lot on his mind, clearly. Yeah. And that's it, you know, he's clearly... And I'm kind of going to mirror what I said at the beginning, where when Will is missing, in the that first couple of episodes Elle is like the distraction that Mike needed from Will being missing because now he can help Elle and yeah. I feel like it's now gone the other way where Will is now his distraction from missing Elle where he's like right, I can help Will I can I can get yeah. him back on form it's like Mike always needs like a cause Mike needs a purpose yes. yeah he yeah. needs a purpose in life and that's it I think Going on what he says in his monologue to Elle in season four, saying, I feel like my life started the day we found you in the woods. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, Will's going to be like, well, thanks, mate. Yeah. But I think, obviously, that was the moment he met the love of his life. Yes. Obviously, that, you know, that in that sense, that sentence goes without saying. But at the same time, like you say, he needs a purpose in life. Yeah. And before that moment, he was just a lousy, bullied kid playing D&D constantly. Well, his purpose was D&D. His purpose was D&D. It's not a real purpose. And then suddenly, his purpose was save Will. Yeah. And... And then save Elle. (laughs) Yeah. And that's it. So, yeah. Save Will. 
we have to keep Elle safe. Yeah. But save Will. And then suddenly, Will is safe. Yeah. He's back now, all that sorted. But where the hell is Elle? Yeah. You know, is she alive? Is she dead? Is where is she? But I think through, you know, yes, in this moment, you know, he's excitedly talking to Will. So for a moment, his mind is clearly off her for a second. Yeah. But beyond that, you know, through season two, I think because she's the love of his life and all of that, there's nothing that can then distract him from Elle. No, no, and and I, you can see, you know, in these last scenes how much it's still affecting him in subtle ways. So we have him doing a campaign for the boys. I don't know if it's on Christmas Day or it's over Christmas at least, isn't it? It's in the Christmas period, yeah. Yeah, and they they seem excited about it, but that might just be because they're just so happy to all be playing together again. Yeah, um, and that's it. They obviously win this battle in yeah, the Yeah, and they win the battle, but at the end of the campaign, the three boys are like to Mike, basically, what the hell was that? You know, that didn't make sense. This didn't make sense. And yeah, he, it's as if he and just... And that's very out of character for Mike. Yeah. So it shows that he has got a lot on his mind, that he's not even focusing on the thing that was his purpose for probably most of his life. Yeah, he was pretty much, from what we know, always the dungeon master. Yeah. And so... you can kind of see, sadly, that he doesn't seem to be communicating with the boys about what is up. And he looks at the pillow for you know yeah he stares at it with longing with sadness and the you know that's just my impression that he isn't explaining much because you know he's laughing with them about the campaign and then the minute they're looking away that smile just drops off his face yeah well that's it he does keep his angst about l he keeps that inside i don't think he mentions it to anyone no and we all know the moment it comes out and that's with hopper in season two yeah at the end of season two yeah and that's it I, I imagine we know he's been going to Hopper mm. to see if he's seen any sort of hint of her around yeah you know Hopper himself says that through season two but mm. well he doesn't say it directly but he hints towards that you know the fact that he's been asking but he's been lying you know, Mike's yeah. calling him a liar at the end and all that. Uh, this whole time, yeah. Yeah. And and a big indicator of this is, well, links to what I said at the beginning about Hopper's remorse. Hopper is looking for Elle and leaving food. And one of the things that he leaves is Egos. And that is clearly Mike. That, yeah, there's only one person who could have told him that egos are a food of choice. Yeah, that Only is, one person knows that. Yeah, that is clearly Mike going to that police station, probably on a daily basis, asking, have you found her? Have you found her? Have you found her? Have you looked here? I've been looking here. And then Hopper being like, you need to stop looking and you need to go home and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And him being like, remember, she really likes egos. Egos, it's her favourite food. You know, yeah. if, if they've gone, if, if they've been eating, it's definitely her, you know you can just see that is what he's been doing yeah that's it he's clutching onto every straw but then yeah his friends I suppose they've just gone back to being happy now that Will's back yeah whereas he's stuck longing for his girlfriend yeah and I guess he doesn't feel like he can really 
talk to any of them about that. No. Um, so he has to keep it internal. Um, it's a shame that he can't talk to Nancy about it. Yeah. Nancy's one person who, after the, as we get to the end of season one, I feel like she'd be a person that would understand. Yes. And all of that. Because, you know, she asks, she says, do you like El now? And yes, yeah. he calls it gross and all of that. But he knows he does. She knows he does. Yeah. So I just wish that they could have dropped the cliche brothers and sisters hating each other, never talking moment. Yeah. For just a heart to heart between Mike and Elle. That's Not it. Not Elle, Mike and Nancy. Because I feel like she would have been great as a bit of a counsellor in yeah, this. Yeah, and it probably because would have helped her. Yeah, because, yeah. We, yes, at this point, we don't know if Elle is alive or dead, but they are both grieving. Exactly. That's it. Nancy has to walk away as they're all celebrating over Will in the hospital because her face just suddenly turns like... There won't be a moment like this with Barb. Barb's gone. Barb doesn't get to celebrate like this. She's actually yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, she's suffering, and now Mike is as well. I just think there should have been a moment between yeah. Nancy and Mike. Yeah. That they are such wasted siblings. Yeah. In my opinion. Honestly, They're... justice for both of them. And, yeah. you know, we will talk about it, obviously, in season two. But Which I now just want to binge watch <laughs> because I can't handle the angst anymore. Aww. I'm too old for this. I was going to say, ironically... You want to binge watch it, but you've got to get literally all the way to the end before the angst even stops. Exactly. That that's one thing that drives me mad about season two. My God, like I say, I can't name a favourite between one and two because no. I watched them straight through. They are merged. They are a single seventeen episode season. I completely agree because I did the same thing, didn't I? So that's it. So season one and two, they are one and the same. They, yeah. It's just. 17 episodes of one season in my books <laughs> and there's just a massive gap between episode 8 and 9 um, but yeah that is the only part of season 2 that infuriates me is how long you are you're literally waiting until the last episode yeah. for that reunion yeah and it oh I'm too old for this I can't handle it anymore <laughs> Well, I would just like to say, I was going to leave this to the end of the episode, but it, it was a good segue. Um, this comes out on Monday, and Monday is Tom's birthday. It's a Monday, is it? Yes! <laughs> you don't even know what your birthday is. I know the date. I, I, I haven't been paying attention to what day it is. It's well, on, then again, I've booked it off. Of I was just going to say, Monday. it's Monday, and you have annual leave. <laughs> yeah, so that, that would be a good reason. Happy birthday, my love. Thank you, my darling. Another year together. Yay. I'm very excited. It's going to be a great year. And yeah, yeah you'll become a daddy of two. I've got a daughter. I know. And you've got a crazy little son. Oh, what is he going to do to her? Oh, no idea. <laughs> he's probably going to try and chuck her out, but... <laughs> First. We just and then got he's going to realise, oh, wait a minute. You can be my little minion. Well, like we've said before, 
Harry is an entertainer. He loves singing, he loves dancing, he loves having an audience. So the minute she gets old enough to actually watch him and laugh and clap for him, he's going to be like, yeah, I love her. Yeah. And he'll be doing performances for her because he'll know he's constantly got his super fan. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And we can finally just binge watch Stranger Things. Yeah. We can rest. We can be like, right... Guys, here's the living room. In fact, no, you go to your bedroom. Yeah. We'll have the living room. You go to your bedroom. Here you go. You sit on the chair. Harry, there's your stage. Go for it. You go for it. We're just going to go downstairs and um, binge watch the entirety of Stranger Things all for the whole season straight through. Happy days. Bye. Well, we'll only get a chance to do that until she gets to a similar age and then suddenly we are the audience again and it's two of them performing for us either that or they've destroyed the house <laughs> and there is no TV to watch Stranger Things on because someone smashed it oh no no that's not possible <laughs> we will not allow that even if we have to wrap the TV in bubble wrap <laughs> well, then you're not going to see anything through it <laughs> no, we've got to do what we can to protect the Stranger Things <laughs> oh dear sorry everyone but yeah I had to jump on there when you were saying about being old and say yeah it's Technically, Tom's birthday today. Yeah, so happy a year birthday! Woo, woo, woo! <laughs> oh, and then I was gonna say, and oh, no, Will's throwing up slugs. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and there's that fact as well. He's throwing up demo slugs. Honestly, this poor boy does not get a break. He, he doesn't get a not break. not for a second. No, he doesn't get a break. He's literally a survivor in season one tortured and mentally locked away and slaved in season two and then season three can we play D&D now yeah they waste his character in season he's three he's so wasted in three and four and it, that drives me mad yeah it drives me mad because in season three it's just I want to play D&D and then in season four he's going through his like personal torture well yeah I, that's it I get that you know you've been in love well, yeah, you've been crushing on your best friend all this time and then you're finally getting a hint that it's not going to happen. Yeah. I get that side of things and, yes, I do feel sorry for you, but, again, you just, as a character, you're so wasted on that. Yeah. It's just like that's the entire focus of your character through the season. And it's like, okay, we get it. Move on. He's He's so much more. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I hope season five, he really gets to fight and he gets to be the person he was. You know, I just, I do feel for him massively. Yeah. As you know, I'm obviously Malevin through and through. But yes. I feel sorry for him massively because he, he's, and I'm not talking at all about his sexuality at all, but just the trauma of what he's been through. It, I can't even imagine and That's you know it. like in season 2 how he has counselling at the lab yeah I do wonder does he open up to whoever he's speaking to or does he not because I do wonder, he was yeah. there for like a week like yeah what, how much he, do they was know was he constantly under stress was he constantly chased by the demogorgon all week was he ever able to sleep what did he drink what did he eat Exactly. How did he survive? That's it. So that's what I mean. In season one, he's such a strong survivor. Yeah. So 
yeah it but we never me... truly got to know what happened there you know so no exactly and yes there are the comics but i don't think they're classed as canon i do wonder good, you know but... we know from i know you're not massively keen on the kind of um it's not animation i'm trying to figure the word but the special effects of how they did it but we know that they can make Elle look like a little girl again um, like Millie yeah, like a little yeah, girl again. Yeah. so I wonder if we will get some sort well, of this is it. that's of, it you know will exactly and that's it like I said when we were talking about that they don't need special effects if they can find an accurate looking kid to play that younger version mm. and that's it the what was her name Marty Blair who plays Elle younger Elle in season 4 even without the special effects, that's accurate. Yeah. Like you can sort of, you, yes, you can. It's not identical, of, though, is not it? Not identical, but she plays the part. I know, but it kind of takes away from the moment if it's not L as in L, I think. Maybe. It takes you out the action so. for a minute because you're like, wait, hang on a minute. Maybe you're not so. L. But then I suppose you have to sort of set that aside for a moment and be like, obviously, they didn't film this back then. They. If it's overly CGI, that's going to take you out more, I think, than just another actor mm. playing the younger version. So I think if they can find someone who looks that part, they can do that. Yes, they can do it in CGI. So either way, I would prefer an accurate-looking character. An yeah. actor, even, sorry. But yeah, they. I see what, you, what you're getting at is they could fill that gap if they yeah. throw some flashbacks in. We could find out what truly age. happened to Will in the Upside Down. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they don't do that, you know? Yeah, I think they should because that is like a week of that poor boy like there. Like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying like we need to know the whole ins and outs, but how did he survive? Like, Or at least we need... We need a scene where they are in the upside down or something like that, or they're planning to go into the upside down, and some of the boys turn to Will and they say, "God, like man, how did you survive there for a week?" Yeah, what was it like? And him oh, actually right. talking about it yeah. to his friends, even to his mum. Like, like you know, they might all be asking him because they're all planning on going in, and and him explaining it to them. Yeah, there's that. And... I feel like that would be so wasted if they don't. I know, and that's it. In terms of who he's opened up to already in, like, season two, mm. you know, we get that... I'm thinking of the um, crazy together yeah. scene between Will and Mike. Yeah. And, and I can only imagine they've had little moments like that together before Yeah. where Will is just talking about the upside down. Yeah. But surely he needs to be able to get it out. He needs to talk about it to someone. Yeah. And obviously, I think his mother... 100% I think he would be able to talk about his, about it to his mother considering she's the one who pulled him out with Hopper to an extent but I think he'd be too worried about worrying her that's it because of that conversation he has with Jonathan in season 2 about wanting to be normal yeah yeah so I think there's that he doesn't and again this is something in his own words he doesn't want people babying him yeah and you know his mother is very much doing that in season yeah, 2 yeah of course and yeah I don't blame her but um, either way I think yeah other than his mother maybe Jonathan potentially but otherwise Mike is the person he would speak to I think yeah so I'm surprised there's none of that yeah so yeah I think that's that that needs to happen yeah definitely and I mean 
I just, yeah, I really hope they put Will as a character to some good use yeah. in season five. Because, like I say, season one and two, season one, yeah, he was pretty much off screen for the most part, but he was still like a, a focus. Yes. Season two is literally Noah's season. Yeah. And then, yeah, three and four, it's just, they couldn't be bothered writing him. Yeah, it it was it wasn't good. It wasn't, it wasn't good. good to the point they forgot his goddamn birthday. I know. <laughs> they literally couldn't be bothered writing him. And like I say, Duff as we love you, but we're allowed our opinions. And yeah, it was like if he wasn't having a trauma, they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah, it's like that's it. Yeah, they got to a point where season three and four came up, and I know I remember before it, we were all saying, "What are they going to do to Will now?" Because yeah. what is torture going to be now, eh? And I remember but, them saying that they were going to give him a break, but I felt like he could have been given a break, but given a bit more strength, you know, yeah, like a bit that's more involvement. I remember we all in we fighting, were all a bit excited know? for the sibling relationship he was going to have with Elle. Yeah. And then instead, he's calling her a stupid girl. It's like just, just stop. Yeah. Just stop. We okay. So if this kid isn't being traumatized. And that's it. We say Mike's traumatised from watching his girlfriend vanish into dust. Yeah, I'm not discounting that. He's traumatised. But Will has literally been pulled into the Upside Down by this monster. Had a, yeah. had to run from it and live there for a week. Yeah. In this dark, cold, no human contact, no food, no water, yeah. nothing... For a week, and then literally, like we were saying last episode, he doesn't matter how he dies, but he dies yeah. before they get there, and that's it. Whether that is hypothermia, dehydration, starvation, either way, he's so on the edge of death in the bathtub, and then he is gone. And for all we know, like you said, it might have been a case where Henry was like, I'm keeping you alive until they're about to get here and then I'm going to shove that vine down your throat to get it all inside you to transfer to the right side up. So maybe it was a case that he only died for two seconds. I mean, he's back without brain damage so he can't have been out for that one. No, exactly. Exactly. But either way, yeah, it's like as soon as he's not traumatised they're like, oh, who is Will? Who is he as a character? Yeah, we we haven't written any of this out. That's it. I'm, I'm nervous and excited for what they could do with Will in season five. It's about time that he fights back for all the trauma that's been caused for him from Henry and Beckner and Mind Flayer. It's time he is able to fight back against them. Yeah, against the right people. And like I say, I am worried for him in the sense that he's still linked. So. Henry still can take over his mind and turn him into his new Billy. I'm I'm worried about a lot of them, obviously. I'm worried about Elle. I'm worried about the fact that Vecna knows she's in love with Mike. Yeah, I very much worry for Mike because she, she, he <laughs> is a very obvious target to get to Elle. Massively. And I mean, I worry about Max, of course. Um, I just I worry about so many of them. I worry about them all. That's it. They, they're all so at risk. Yeah. And um, that's it. You know, if the Duffers weren't scared to kill off L in season one, 
I do worry what on earth they might give us yeah. for season five. And as I say, Duffers, I've got my pitchfork ready. <laughs> I need to Amazon one because I do not have a pitchfork. But I will get one on Prime. <laughs> Okie dokie. This is not an advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that is everything and we knew it was going to be a long episode because it's such an important episode of the show. Exactly. The final one of season one and there was just so much to discuss. There was. Like we said, there's no filler moments of this chapter at all. No, there were no filler moments of the last chapter, but this chapter especially, every single frame of this episode is used and honestly, we are almost at two hours. And I laughed when you said two hours. I was like, no. I said, it wouldn't be two hours. I knew it would be over an hour. Yeah. But, oh my. <laughs> yeah. If we can keep on for another four minutes, we'll be over <laughs> the two hour mark. But like we said before, you know, you can pause at any time. Exactly. And we're only saying that, you know, at the end of this episode, because I'm sure when we get to maybe the start, but especially the end of season two, that's going to be maybe a three hour episode <laughs> honestly I'm I'm excited for this the next episode of the podcast we're going to do so we're going to recap our favourite moments from season one our least favourite moments from season one our favourite characters our favourite actors our thoughts overall I suppose yeah so yeah, I'm really excited for that episode. I think that'll be a lot of fun and something a bit different. Yeah, before we get into our... Or, no, sorry. Before we dive in <laughs> to season two. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for everyone that has listened. Yeah. Especially if you have got this far. <laughs> yes, exactly. What a journey it's been. Yeah, gosh. Season one pretty much completed now. Yeah. Thank you very much and we hope to have you back with us soon. Yeah, hopefully. And happy birthday to Tom. Happy birthday to me. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. (laughs) And that's where I'm going to (laughs) stop.